Genesis has lit up the crowd roaring and kiss that millennium goodbye. Hello Y2K. When the clock struck midnight on January 1st, 2000, a new bright red winged horse graced the top of the Magnolia building. But its predecessor, first placed in that same spot way back in 1934, was gone. It was removed in 1999. And 12 years later, no one actually knew where it was. So a small group of city officials and local artists started looking for it. And one of those artists, Jeremy McCain, brought a camera to every single location they looked, just in case. I guess really what started this whole thing was I, I kept thinking to myself, well, if this is really the icon of Dallas, how could we lose it? The scene, a city storage shed near White Rock Lake, 2012. So we opened up this first crate and, you know, we're, we're really excited. It was like opening the, the tomb of, you know, King Tut, right? He's like, this is this this icon, this, this legend of Dallas. And we're going to discover that, you know, yeah, I mean, it's the first time I really felt like Indiana Jones. It was so cool. And we open it up and we see some neon tubes in there. What you got? Just a glass tubing, yeah. But not the horse. And I remember at the time, somebody says, well, well, did somebody steal it? No, 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 can't be that. Just a glass tubing? Somebody stole it? No. Over to the right-hand side, there's this little thin, like, crate. And Kate Callow says, oh, what's in that box? What's in that crate behind So we open up the box and this and the horse was in sections and in between there were these little styrofoam sheets and as you'd lift it up the styrofoam would fall off and then boom there it was this bright red i'm getting like chicken skin just telling the story it was it was just it was there seeing this much of it in reasonably good shape it looks to me like it could be put back together and we're like oh there it is. We found it after all of this conversation. It just felt like we had we had really done something huge, and and it was a job that we had accomplished. But little did we know that was just the beginning of it. I'm your host Bailey Friday, and North Texas wants to know why is there a Pegasus everywhere I look in Dallas? Okay, so maybe you're new to Dallas and you wonder, what is the deal with this horse with wings? Or maybe like me, you grew up in this area seeing the Pegasus, but you never really knew why it was all over the city. Or maybe you've never noticed it at all, but believe me, after this, you won't be able to not notice it. We'll get people from Dallas who have absolutely no idea what all this Pegasus stuff is about. And then we have people who aren't from Dallas who come in um, and they're like, oh, the red Pegasus. And so it's, you get both. 
Adrian Cotton, co-founder of Pegasus City Brewery. But then once you do tell people the story and kind of show them, you know, how far back it goes, then they'll see them everywhere. But why is it everywhere? How did this creature from Greek mythology, right, wind up on top of a Dallas skyscraper? It was the symbol of the Magnolia Oil Company, which was headquartered in the Magnolia Building in downtown. That was at the time the, the tallest building in, in the city, 29 stories. And in 1934, they put up the neon Pegasus on the top of the building. It's kind of a, a, a signs and beacon kind of showing their presence in, in the city. Peter Simic covered a wide range of subjects, including arts and architecture for D Magazine for more than 10 years. Now he's vice president of impact at EarthX. Magnolia was eventually purchased by Mobile Oil a number of years later. And so it became that Pegasus was sort of inherited by Mobile and became the Mobile logo, which you still see around in various, I guess ExxonMobil still has that as part of their marketing and branding. But for years, it was sort of on gas pumps and on mobile signs. And so the city's kind of shared this symbol of, of the Pegasus with Mobile Oil. And in a city that notably always seems to look forward, the symbol of the Pegasus has endured. The classic Dallas false history is that it's a city that sprung up from the middle of the prairie with no real reason to, to exist. And the Pegasus kind of encapsulated that feeling, this idea that it's this sort of self-built, striving, growing business metropolis that, that springs up from, from virtually nothing. The, the Greek myth of the Pegasus is everywhere the, the hooves of the flying horse touches a spring pops up. And that, of course, makes sense as an oil company. It's a perfect icon. But the city of Dallas kind of has that same sense that it sort of sprang up out of nothing, even though this area was inhabited by indigenous peoples for, for hundreds, if not thousands of years because of its, you know, the water, the watershed, the ample water, the trade routes that worked through here. And, and there were many reasons why Dallas was successful where other cities weren't. But it's, it's sort of business culture story has always been that it was, uh, it was man-made from nothing. And so the Pegasus, I just think, fit that ethos and fit that feeling and was embraced. All right, so let's take a moment here to talk some Greek mythology. According to legend, Pegasus is the son of Poseidon, the god of the sea. Pegasus became the most prominent winged horse and is now, as you probably know, commonly used to refer to any winged horse. It represents speed, it represents strength, and artistic inspiration. That probably speaks to why it's been so enduring. It's depending on where you're coming from. It, it can be adopted and, and used to mean a, a variety of things. And I guess in a way, if you're from Dallas, you have a little bit of superpower, right? I mean, we've got a pretty strong economy. We've got a really big, booming business sector. And, and so I think the Pegasus is, a, is, a, is an icon of that. That's Jeremy McCain again, one of the artists who helped lead the restoration of the original Pegasus, which is now firmly entrenched in front of the Dallas Omni Hotel. He recalled some of the stories he's heard from people who grew up in Dallas back, you know, before all the skyscrapers blocked the view of the Magnolia building. They remember the horse that was the tallest thing that they could see. They knew they were in Dallas when they saw the Pegasus light up the sky. Um, and some of them said that, you know, we could see it as far as Oak Cliff. And it meant a lot to a lot of people. So we knew that if we're going to really make the impact that we, needs to happen, we needed to make it a surprise. But first, they had to find it. McCain said he first learned about the missing original Pegasus from June Mattingly, the Dallas art advocate whose father, Harold Weinberg, owned Texlight. That's the company that built the original. For McCain, learning that the Pegasus was missing started this years-long project. 
this is a really good example of when we have amazing things in our city, we need to have a paper trail. I don't think that there was any one person or group of people that were responsible. It's just, I think things just kind of get shuffled around. And, and then at the end of the day, it, it was lost. But the first person I called was Kay Kalos from the Office of Cultural Affairs. I remember that day Kay Kalos had called me up and she said, Jeremy, uh, bring your camera. I think we might have found it. We go into this place near White Rock Lake and, you know, it's a, it's a storage shed. It's got paint and it's got lawn equipment and you know just random things it's like well we don't know where our this stuff goes we'll just shove it in this this spot and that's clearly what happened what's in that crate behind you <laughs> i had expected that she was going to be in relatively poor condition um and I, I remember, you know, at the time we all kind of were looking at each other and said, well, you know, it's actually, she's not that bad. You, you have to remember too, that Pegasus was actually made in what they call baked enamel. It's got porcelain on it. So it was fairly protected by the elements. Now there were a couple of spots on it that were, you could tell where I guess some of the hardware of the neon had sat there and it kind of corroded and just, it, she needed to be fixed. <laughs> I remember a couple of people joking around saying, well, can't we just go to Home Depot and get some red paint? I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> McCain said they enlisted the help of conservator Michael Van Enter to restore the pieces to their original dazzling red. Van Enter had previously worked on mosaics at the Jewel Hotel in downtown Dallas. The one thing that we definitely had to redo was the neon. You know, the neon, um, it was for the most part, non-existent. We, we didn't have access to it. Um, and, you know, which is probably for the best anyway, but the group that had been doing it for, you know, maintaining it since 2000 uh, on top of the Magnolia was a group called Chandler Signs. They were quick to join the team, McCain says, providing the group with templates for the neon that lights up the iconic horse. He also credited Tony Collins for developing the oil derrick-shaped armature that the original Pegasus now rotates on. So Tony had this idea. He says, what if we had like a skateboard, but like a, like a skateboard ball bearing, but massive size where it's always hidden from the elements. And so he does, he designed this whole concept and, um, and that's why it's still rotating to this day after all these years. Uh, you know, he, he really brought the engineering to uh, next level and, and still was able to kind of stay within the theme of, why uh, that that shape of an oil derrick was you know the way it was on top of the magnolia two more key players in the restoration effort were jeff west and jack matthews of the developers matthews southwest they helped finance the project and they put the restoration team together unfortunately west died of a heart attack before the project was finished matthews meanwhile continued to advocate to get it done <laughs> Somebody had given me an original Pegasus pen from 1950. Um, and so I had wore it on my lapel and Jack one day sees it. And he says, uh, he's like, hey, that's pretty cool. And I said, you like it? Here you go. I got another one. Here, I'll give it to him. And that little thing kind of happened. And, and then maybe like about a couple days later, Jack comes in and he says, hey, you got another one of those Pegasus pens? I was like, Jack, that was from the 50s. I don't have another one. And he's like, he's like, well, the mayor liked it. So I gave it to him. Conversations like the one Matthews had with the mayor started to take place between more and more people in the city. So McCain decided to have more made. 
we never gave them out to people. We only would give them to people if they noticed it and said, hey, I like that pen. And we'd take it off and we'd give it to them. And then you'd start to see people slowly have them. The number of pins floating around the city started to multiply. So when it came time to unveil the restored Pegasus... Those individuals, they, they all felt like it was their project because it was. It's, it's all of our projects. It's not any one person that's responsible. It's, it's all of us together. Three years after it was found in that storage facility near White Rock Lake, 15 years after it came down from the top of the Magnolia Building, and more than 80 years after it first landed in Dallas, the original Pegasus, the OG, was back on display. And when people saw it um, for the first time, it was great. Like, we all were really excited. But nobody, I mean, nobody was more excited than June Mattingly herself. And this was like her opus, right? Like, this is the moment where you can see her just so happy. June Mattingly actually died the very next year. I was really happy that June Mattingly was still alive to see it. You know, her dad made this horse. When you see the Pegasus, what is your connection to it? Do you have a special bond because you worked so closely on it? I recently had gone back out there and I'm like, oh, whew, it's still there. <laughs> you know, because it's like you could put that much work into something. You hope that it's it's still there. And, you know, it's, it's also kind of thing that you I take for granted, you know, and, and I happen to be down with my little girls. I have two girls, um, eight and 12. I showed him, you know, say, hey, you know, this is this project I work on a long time ago. You guys probably don't remember this. And um, it's also it's nice to be able to share a little bit of Dallas history with uh, your kids. And I and what's so beautiful about it is it's not so much that the horse is still spinning and it's got neon and all that kind of stuff. What is really powerful to me to when I see is, is I can show up to the place and I see people taking Instagram photos with it and I hear them talking about it. All the while, I never say anything to them. And I just like walk away with a smile thinking like, wow, that's exactly, that's exactly what Jeff wanted. Jeff wanted it right here. So those people could do the same thing. It kind of goes without saying that the Pegasus has been an inspiration for generations of students in Dallas. It's the mascot at Booker T. Washington High School. If you don't know, that's Dallas ISD's Magnet School for the Arts. It counts Grammy winners Erica Badu and Nora Jones among its graduates. So, it's definitely had a big impact. Scott Davison has been a teacher at that school since it was integrated back in 1976. He was actually one of the people involved in selecting the Pegasus as the mascot. I grew up in Dallas, and it was inspiring to me. It stood out. It did what it was supposed to do. It captured the imagination in a way that was real and humane, even in the midst of uh, glass and steel and the rising skyscrapers and so on. So that's what it's been for us, too, is a representation of the, of the imagination taking flight. Pegasus was always connected with the arts, was said to carry the artist to the heavens on its back. It is a direct tie to the city. I give a huge amount of credit and a nod to the giants that have come before me and the giants that are still here, Mr. Davison, <laughs> for making that choice in 1976-77 that was not only appropriate for the school, but just appropriate for the entire community. Dr. Scott Roods has been the principal at Booker T since 2013. We are an integral part of the history of the city of Dallas, <laughs> this Absolutely. high school that is celebrating its 100 year anniversary this year. And what that represents for the city of Dallas 
to have chosen a mascot that really, you know, is prominent throughout the skyline of Dallas. It is a nod to the fact that we are part of the fabric of the city. I think uh, for for people who've grown up in the city, it, it has that kind of role as a as a symbol that they they closely identify with not just the city but also the city perhaps that they remember growing up in. We've talked a lot about why the Pegasus is associated with the city, and about the restoration of the original. But what about that spectacular sight from the beginning of this episode? The new Pegasus that sits on top of the Magnolia Hotel? Yeah, I actually got to check it out firsthand. I didn't wear the right shoes for this. All right. So the new one is covered in scaffolding right now as crews make repairs to stabilize its base, which, by the way, was not replaced when the new Pegasus was installed. They're also replacing some of the neon lighting. We've got the back hooves of the Pegasus right here, and they're really massive. They're a lot bigger than I was expecting them to be. And you can also see, I'm guessing, the lights, which are pretty nifty. It looks like a little bit of damage, so it makes sense that it's being repaired. repaired. And I kept climbing. Pretty giant tail here, and we still haven't gotten even halfway up, even though it's at this point been two levels of scaffolding. It's giant. I didn't realize there'd be so much climbing involved, but I love climbing, so wow. And then suddenly the sun came out above me. There was no more giant, terrifying scaffolding ladders I had to climb because I was at the top and there was the Pegasus. See, I didn't realize that from so far away, you can't tell that it's actually got a painted on eye. It's got a painted on ear. There's a lot of details to this that you totally don't see unless you're right up close to it. Like that nostril, the very pointy teeth. I'm gonna grab a picture. judge me if I get a selfie with the Pegasus. Okay, so before I started my climb to the top of the Pegasus, I was offered a harness. I said no. Okay, this was before I realized I was about to scale about 60 feet of metal ladders on top of a skyscraper. But hey, I made it to the top. I was alive. I still am. I got to see that big red creature of legends up close. And yeah, it was pretty amazing. The Pegasus isn't wearing any kind of harness either. I know this sounds hokey, but side by side with the Pegasus, wind whipping in my hair, scaffolding shaking all around, which was pretty terrifying by the way, I felt every bit as wild and as free as that glorious winged horse. And it just really drove home for me that this is a piece of history watching over the city. It's a permanent reminder of all the people who helped Dallas become what it is today. Sometimes we take Dallas history for granted. You know, I mean, you know, you've heard all these things over the years. Dallas is a world-class city or Dallas wants to be this. It's like, no, Dallas is what it is. And, you know, we've got a great history here and it's important that we don't take it for granted and we preserve it for future generations. I'm Bailey Friday at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thanks for joining me on our new podcast, North Texas Wants to Know. If you liked the show, please give us a rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
This episode was produced by Chris Blake and Savannah Jones. Editorial support from Cooper Mall. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan.